This is Emily's story. Welcome back to the Six Feet Above podcast. I am with kind of a newlywed, right, Em? I know, and it's so crazy. <laughs> Emily Lipman Mahar, welcome to yeah. the show. Thank you, thank you. Is, uh, is this your first podcast? Yes. Are you nervous? No, I'm excited. That's it's been awesome. a long time since I've seen you, and it's... I'm so proud of you and your podcast oh, and all that you. you're doing. I mean, it's just awesome. So I love this. Thank you. It's honestly one of the favorite parts of my life because it truly gives me a way to share what works for other people and what they've been through. And I look at it, I talk about mental health exactly like I talk about physical fitness. If you came to me with your body type, your structure, like, and you like, were like, I want this goal. Everybody does something different to get to that goal. And our bodies are not the same. Unfortunately not. Unfortunately, right? I mean, like what works for me may not work for somebody else. But I think yeah. about that, like our brains are not the same. Correct. The way that we think, the way that we work, the way that we act, the, the way that we treat other people is all very different. And I say it all the time, but I wish I had something when I was going through like the worst period of my life to listen to mm-hmm. and at least, at least have something to listen to, whether I was ready yeah. to start making those changes or not. So when we were kind of going back and forth on Instagram and I don't, Em, how did we even meet? Do you remember? Oh my God, no. Isn't that weird? Like, I really don't the know. Line? Was it through raw or just friends? Maybe. Like raw denim I when I had just that? just friends. Like just, God. you know, running in the circle. I feel like you were part of raw denim at some point, like a fashion show. Oh yeah, yeah. Wait, Maybe? I? I don't know. Anyways, no? I, I always Gosh. think back and like most people I met in fitness, but you, I did not no. You're like one of those people, but I think we just met through mutual friends. Okay. And gosh, Emily has a very, um, a very compelling story. She has been through a lot these past two years, not only a marriage, she <laughs> owns her business, but she also lost her mom. Mm-hmm. And now she is on this journey to be woman of the year, yes. which just kicked off. So can you explain what that means? What does woman of the year for LLS mean? Oh, wow. So it is a 10 week fundraising campaign and it is, it's a lot. <laughs> um, and I, I accepted this nomination and, you know, it was one of those things that I was like, is this the right time? Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm a year and a half ish yeah. in with my mom, like mm-hmm. haven't even hit the two year mark since she passed. She passed from an aggressive form of T cell lymphoma. So it was stage four immediately when mm-hmm. we found out it was in her liver, her spleen, it goes on mm-hmm. bone marrow. Um, so that was a, a hit to me. And so when this kind of came along, this nomination for LLS's woman of the year, I was like, gosh, this is exactly what my mom would do. Mm-hmm. She'd fundraised for her kids, my sister who passed from cystic fibrosis and my brother who is striving alive, living in every form of the word. Wait, you that, have a sister that passed away yeah. from CF? Yeah. Oh my God, I had my, no idea. She was my parents' first baby. Her name was Wendy, which is why we have a Wish for Wendy softball tournament. We had it for 20 years. Yeah. And then COVID hit and we stopped and then, right, right, right. you know, hopefully we'll get back on the yeah. bandwagon and get the band back together again. Yeah. But right now it's just, 
you know, there's a lot of other things survival happening mode right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've been in survival mode since my mom got diagnosed. I um, bet. I bet. And we're, we're definitely going to loop back around. Yeah. But just to kind of cut to like where you are right now. So there's a man of the year and a woman of the year. Yeah. Right? And you have to be nominated to even be part of the campaign. Okay. Yeah. I was nominated actually by three friends, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know who you are. <laughs> and um, it, it just felt, it feels currently like the right time. Yeah. I'm not sure if I realize truly what I'm getting into mm. um, with the campaign of talking about my mom. Yeah. Um, yeah. How much do you actually talk about it? How much, because I know it's very social, right? You have yeah. a lot of social events. Um, but like, do you have to like give speeches? Do you have to give synopsis of what she went through? Or No, you don't have to. Yeah. But I mean, that's the way that I'm telling my mom's story, like on my social media and how to right. connect with people and reaching out for sponsorships. Right. Because my mom has a story, but it's not just the story of she was diagnosed with T-cell lymphoma and passed away 68 days later. Mm. It what It is who she is as a person mm. and what she did and who my mom was to me. Right. And so I don't, I want this to be an honor and in her memory. Yeah. Of course, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm doing this campaign. Right. Right. But, you know, it's, it's hard to talk about sometimes. Yeah. 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 And I'm sure some days are better than others for no apparent reason. Right. No reason. <laughs> that's grief. Yeah. It's going to exactly. come at you whenever it wants to. Yeah. And there's no warning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I've followed your journey for quite some time. And, um, you know, you're very humble. You're very inspiring. Um, and I just feel like you're, I think, you know, I didn't know your mom, but mm -hmm. I would have to believe that all the things that you're doing now, she's just like, that's exactly who I raised. And I wouldn't have left this world if Emily wasn't ready to do something like this. I hope and and believe that. Yeah. It's, it's hard to hear. Mm -hmm. um, I do get emotional, but we're not doing that today. <laughs> um, she, I do. I think, I think she is here with me. I yeah. feel her with this. And... You know, that's why I keep moving forward right. with it because right. I do feel like she is behind me. She is supporting me. My family's behind me. My family and friends are supporting me. And I've never felt, you know, grief and losing your mom is very, you feel very alone. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of COVID, you really feel alone. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel her with me with this. And so I think that's what keeps yeah. moving me forward. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of work. Oh, gosh. Right? Yes. You were telling me before we started, you have phone call after phone call. And yeah. You're setting up events. And a we lot of people are. are helping you do this. But ultimately, like, how do you how do you win? You have to raise the most money. Okay. So um, there's a huge grand finale uh, in June. There's like 600 plus people. Wow. It's the first time in two years that this is going to be in right. person. Right. So I'm super pumped about yeah. that. Like I get chills down my body even thinking about like the possibility of winning this right. in honor of my mom mm -hmm. and her name and in her memory and like mm. Just doing this for her, but also for others, because they're the ones that are going to benefit from all this money that we're raising and working so hard to raise that money right. that they're going to benefit 
so much from this. And I hope to God that somebody gets more than 68 days. Mm -hmm. At least they get a year with their loved one. Um, You know, when mom was diagnosed, the doctor didn't think that she would live a day. And she lived 68 days. And so she fought really, really hard for us. And um, I just, it's just one of those things. I feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. Two two months from now, and it will all be over. But you'll be like, I'm so glad I did it, right? Yes. So hundred percent. So you're born and raised Atlanta? Dunwoody. Really? Mm-hmm. Where'd you go to school? High school. Dunwoody High School. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then did you go to college in the South? I went to a private school down in South Florida okay. called Lynn University. Got it. A real small school. And your parents, were, they were married throughout your whole life or? Oh, yeah. Still, mm-hmm. They were still together when your mom passed away? Yeah. 50 years of marriage. Wow. Mm-hmm. What does your and dad do? They should have gone a whole lot longer. <laughs> oh, I know. Um, dad is now retired. Is he? Yeah. They, he, you know, he recently retired and wanted to spend all this time with his wife. He yeah. worked so hard. To build a company himself, he um, he created a company called Diversitech. They, long story short with yeah. it, they make lightweight concrete pads under your air conditioning units okay. and do a lot of other stuff with air conditioning and pumps and all the things that are so uninteresting to me. <laughs> but he built a business. This was his he business? Built business. He okay. built a business. He built an incredible business. Wow. Sold it. And um, has created a really great life for his family. That's so awesome. I, you know, wished, still wish that they could have had more time together. Yeah. They built this house on the river. They only had four, maybe five years in it mm. before mom mm. passed. They should have had you looking at my mom too. You would have never have thought she would be the one, right, to right. go. So how did it all happen? This is okay. Mm. So we're about a year and a half ago. Right? Um, a year half ago, she passed. Okay, so it was like two months before that. So yeah. almost two years ago, she was diagnosed. So August. Right after, right after COVID started, basically? Yeah, August of 2020. So we unfortunately lost my mom's mom in March oh of gosh. 2020, right, right when, when COVID started. Yep, yeah, right yeah. when everything was starting to lock down. So I don't know. She knew and she was heading out, but she was like, like, bye. She's a Holocaust survivor. She's not doing this again, you know? No. So I'm really glad she wasn't here for that. And then mom got sick the end of August of 2020. So So was she fine? Was she totally fine? Totally fine. What what did your mom do? Give us a little backstory. She is a cleaner. She's an organizer. She is nonstop. Like the whole, the house, anything. She's just nonstop, nonstop moving. Like always growing up with a clean, organized house. Yes. Everything had to be like pristine. Yeah. She's, well, not too pristine to a degree, but she just always was like, you know, pulling out the pantry, putting it back, pulling out the closet, putting it back. I mean. Did she work? No, okay, she so did. She, she did not. Three kids. Well, my sister passed um, sixteen days after <gasps> she was born. Oh my god! So you know, didn't really have wow. have her as a kid. You know, but having three kids. Birthed three kids, right? I'm adopted. You're adopted, Em. I didn't yeah. know this. What? Yes, <gasps> I know. Oh my god! We my, have so much to talk about. My life is is bananas. <laughs> Um, so yeah, mom, mom and dad, uh, had Wendy. She passed 16 days later, um, was CF. So her, um, air blocked, there was a blockage in her, 
lung. And so she Ugh. stopped breathing. Um, then my brother was born and they checked him immediately for CF. And now mm-hmm. they can check when the baby is in the womb. And right. even beforehand, right. you can get blood tests to see if you're both a carrier of the genetic gene. Yeah. Um, so nowadays it's much easier, but back then, right. This is like 30 years ago. He, oh my gosh, my brother is, I'm like, how old am I? My brother is 42. Okay. So, So, you know, like 45, 46 years ago, they, you know, they just didn't have the knowledge that they have now. And so they checked my brother immediately for CF. He had it Mm. and diagnosed him. So we believe as a family that, you know, thank God for Wendy because, yeah. you know, my brother can be here because they caught CF right to away. treat him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, yeah, he's born with CF. And then 12 years later, they adopted me. Oh my gosh. I had no idea. We are. How did I not know this? I, I don't like, yeah. Right. I you mean, don't like talk not like, like, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like jumping everywhere. I'm adopted. Right. No, I mean. Yeah, so, so I was I adopted at birth. Yeah, where you were adopted at birth. Yep. Okay, so your your brother's twelve years older. Yep. You're adopted at birth. Yep. Um. So your mom is your mom is your mom. Like you don't. Oh know yeah. Another mom, right? No, okay. no, no. She no. is it. Birth mom, birth dad. Got don't it. know anything about them. Really. Don't care yeah. to know yeah. anything. Okay. You know. Um. I'm very grateful for my birth mother because she gave me to a wonderful, Mm. wonderful two humans that took me in and um, raised me as their own. And I am 100% my mother's daughter. She is in me. She raised me. My dad did too, but (laughs) he worked a lot, you know, so it really was my mom who who helped me become the woman that I am today. Wow. And I'm very grateful for her for that. Wow. So growing up, you, you know, she was not working. She was mom to you, cleaning, organizing, supporting the family, right? In oh, that yes. Capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, and literally you go to college, like everything's good. You're now what? Third? Are you 30? I'm 36. Are you really? I know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't, I have no I don't concept know. of people's age anymore because I'm like, like, you look so young. Like, I don't even oh, know. Well, thanks. <laughs> I do look younger than I am, which but she, I'm thankful but, for. Like growing up, she never had any house scares that you can think of. Like, Zero. It was always Zero. super strong. None. Not really? my mom. My dad, you know, my, my dad had some scares for us. He, um, he had prostate cancer mm. and he's in remission. He's been great. Okay. God, it's been you know, 15, over 15 years now, I think that he's been in remission and, um, dad had back surgery when I moved back home to be closer to my family. The important piece of my life is my mom and my dad. Mm -hmm. And I really miss them and wanted to be near home. And so, um, Dad had back surgery and lost his memory for 24 hours. Oh, that's scary. It was terrifying. My mom called me. I was like, hey, you know, you want me to bring you like coffee this morning? And, you know, dad's coming home today. And she said, Emily, your dad doesn't know who I am. And I literally, I jumped out of my bed. I've got two dogs at home, jumped out of my bed. And I said, bye, see ya. Literally dropped my entire life, ran put my hazard lights on. I had a lifted truck at this time, <laughs> mind you. I'm 5'4", blonde hair, petite, in a lifted truck. 
And I said, Coming move through. out of yeah. my way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put my hazard lights on. I ran red lights. I popped curbs. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> care. There was a valet over at St. Joe's, and I threw the man my keys. I didn't care what happened yeah. to my vehicle yeah. at that point. Threw the man my keys, and I said, uh, Lippman, whatever the room yeah. was, yeah. and I booked it. And I was there in like five minutes. I was probably about 15, 20 minute drive. <laughs> like it was, it was ridiculous. So he got his memory back though all of a sudden? After 24 hours. It happened to be with his anesthesia. He had a oh, reaction okay. to the anesthesia. Okay. And so he lost his memory. And it was like this very strange, strange moment in time that he was doing the same movements over and over yeah. again. He'd move on his side and then he'd pop back up. And I'd be like, dad do you know who I am? And he'll just kind of look at me and smile. And I'm like, oh my good Lord. Wow. He had no idea where he was. He doesn't remember a thing after his surgery. He doesn't remember me being the day there the day after his surgery. Wow. And mind you, he's having back surgery and he's not supposed to be move, mm. doing all these movements. And he's like jerking himself up, jerking himself down, jerking himself to the left, to the right. Complete madness. And wow. I'm like, okay, well, we're going to have to do another back surgery after this because <laughs> this is crazy. Right. But, you know, of course, in the moment, I'm fearful for my dad's life. Right. Right. And this was, I don't know, four, uh, five years yeah. ago, yeah. something like that. Okay. Five years ago, I would say. And, you know, I truly thought that it was never going to be my mom. My yeah. mom's super strong. Her mom passed at 96. Wow. Why would I think anything else? Right. But her dad did pass from T-cell lymphoma. No way. Same cancer. Um, when he was 74. Wow. So how old was she? 74. She was- really? Literally. So she got diagnosed... September 11th, she w- she turned 74 September 1st. Mm. So 10 days after her 74th birthday, she was diagnosed with the same cancer that took her dad. Oh my gosh, it's terrifying. So what started happening to her for her to be like, okay, something's wrong? So, you know, mind you, this is COVID. Right. And um, I had just seen her um, cause we did a drive by for my nephew's birthday and I was helping her with balloons, putting balloons on their car. And so I was near her and a couple of days later she started to feel sick mm. and I was like, Oh dear Lord, COVID, right? I we gave my COVID. mom yeah. COVID yeah. because that's the only thing you can right. think of at yeah. that point. I gave my mom COVID and I'm going, well, I don't feel sick. But mm. then this is the point where we're wiping down our groceries. We're scared Ugh. of the the air that we're breathing in yeah. front of us because yeah. we can't go out and go for a walk or yeah. run. We're literally stuck in our house. This is Don't that time. Don't touch the gas pump. Don't touch <laughs> anything. anything. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even touch the air. I mean, it was that time right, where it right. was the scariest. Yeah. And so um, we, it was just, it was just a, a really, really crazy time. And so she, the the point where it all happened was she really wasn't feeling good, went to our family doctor and she was like, oh, you don't really look that great. Like her eyes were kind of yellowing and um, she's kind of jaundice looking. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 
at one point the morning that we did take her to the hospital, she was going, she was leaning over the bed to the ground to pick up her little 10 pound multi poo daisy Mm -hmm. and she fell off the bed. Mm. And that's where it all kind of happened. And I'm very grateful and thankful that our family doctor called me first and was like, listen, your mom needs to go to the hospital. Everything's going to be fine, but we need to get her looked at. And, you know, can you come by the office and pick up her records? And I'm like, okay, strange, but like really glad she called me in a very calm voice, Mm -hmm. was very direct with me. Your mom's not well. I'm like, okay, well, let's take her to the emergency room. Fearful of COVID, but let's go. If you think she's got to go, then this is, this has to happen. Right, right. Then dad calls me a few minutes later, frantic. Mm-hmm. Emily, I need you to get here. I need you to get here now. We got to take mom. And I'm like, I'm on my way. Mm-hmm. Very calm. On my way. Everything's going to be fine. I'll be there. And I have mom's records. So my dad and I go and we have to drop my mom off outside of the hospital yep. with these stupid visor things mm-hmm. on, masks, gloves. Yeah. I mean, we're decked in everything. We look like morons at the, you know, <laughs> like the Ghostbusters. I mean, just what we're terrified <laughs> right. and we're a high risk family right. because right. of my brother was CF, my right. dad, parents age. Sure, sure. And now my mom's ill. Right. So right. it's like, okay. And at this point, were you kind of thinking it's COVID? Like she probably just is sick with COVID or like, I, where was your brain? Right? I thought at the beginning when she was sick, when I had FaceTimed her and she had gloves yeah. on in the house thinking she's going to give her husband this illness. <laughs> and I'm going, oh, my God, here we are. Like, what, <laughs> what is happening? And I'm like, this is crazy. So I thought it was COVID until my mom's doctor yeah, okay. said, okay. you need to go to the emergency room. Something is wrong. Got it. And she didn't say I think it's COVID. Right. Had she started with that, I would have gone forward with it. But at first I thought it was COVID. And then I'm like, no. Okay. Well, what is this? Wow. Um, so she was in the hospital for um, the weekend. It was just a couple of days. And she was let out with um, hemolytic anemia. Mm. So pretty much she's losing blood, blood yeah. but they're just really not sure how, where, what's, you know, what's the cause right. of it. But they just thought it was this hemolytic anemia. Okay. Okay, great. Me, my brother, and my dad are – I have a video of it, which I cannot watch. But mm. we picked her up. We were outside of Emory. And, I mean, she's got balloons coming off this mm. cart. She's got flowers. And mind you, this was only a weekend she was there. Yeah. So <laughs> there's all these things in this cart because we're freaked. Right. We're bringing her clothes. We're like, what do you need for food? Like – Oh, just the madness because we couldn't be with her. Right, right. And so we bring her home. Well, certainly the next morning actually was her birthday oh. and she was sick again. And I'm like, oh my God. And the 3 a.m. phone call comes. Yeah. Emily, I need you here now. And I'm like, what is happening in this household? And still at this point, I'm really unsure what's happening with my mom. Yeah. I did not think cancer at this like point. Like it didn't go to what your grandfather had, right? No. Honestly, it never went there until she was diagnosed. Right, right. Like not because, even on radar. Yeah. Yeah, because I was, you know, eight years old right. when he passed right. and I didn't have him much in my life. So 
I never, I never in my wildest dreams would have thought she would go to her dad's side. And I don't know why my brain never went there, but it was just one of those things that like, you don't think that because he's not around and never thought of him having cancer because it was never really talked about. Mm. And so, you know, with her mom, I'm thinking my mom's got till 96 too, because she is so active. She is so in shape. She walks all the time. I mean, she's this cute, petite, (laughs) in shape, healthy, healthy woman on the outside. Mind you, whatever is happening on the inside of her body is something different. Gosh. So they call you at 3 Mm a.m. Mom's sick again. Okay. What's, what was the plan of action then? You got to take her back to the emergency room. Every time you go through the emergency room, you have to take a COVID test. Mm. And I'm sitting here going, are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. You're going to put my ill mother that you just let out of the hospital right. literally yesterday. Right. You're going to put her back into the mm. emergency room? What? Yeah. You guys make no sense. Yeah. <laughs> I think looking back, I think everyone can agree. People, and even now, I feel like they're just, it's day by day. It is day by day. What do you do today? And I don't think, I don't think anything was on purpose. I just don't think anyone knew any different. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what makes sense right now? And now looking back, I'm like, that didn't make sense at all. But whatever, you know. Oh, a hundred percent. Looking back on it, very frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. Looking back on it, I get mad Mm. because I was outside of that hospital with donuts begging these nurses to let me in because all of a sudden the nurses have this say if I can be up there or not. She was thankfully, once we, once we finally got her to a room, she was, she was on a floor by herself. So was your dad allowed in? Not at this point. Okay. And none of us were. And so This is when she is in there for a two-week span, Mm. getting every test poked and prodded, just all the things, and she doesn't have any family with her. She doesn't have a single person with her. I mean, she's getting blood transfusions at 3 o'clock in the morning. The, it is literally, it is bananas to me. If I, for me to think back as to every little detail that we went through, None of it makes any sense Mm. when it comes to why I couldn't be in there with her. I am young. I am healthy. If I got COVID, I would have been fine. But you think I'm going to bring COVID into into your hospital Mm -hmm. to sit next to my mother? Are you bananas? Like, help me help you. So I I got, my dad and I somehow got the CEO, the COO Mm -hmm. on a Zoom call. I begged. I pleaded. I was having a company come and test me at this point mm-hmm. all the time. And I wasn't going anywhere. I was literally at home, door shut. I'm talking no air is coming into this home because <laughs> I'm terrified. Did you live, you lived alone at this point? Correct? I did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were back, obviously, you're back in Atlanta living alone. Yeah. Two dogs. Okay. Yeah. So were you, you were obviously talking to her every day, FaceTiming every single day. Yes. What was her like mood? Like how mm. was she? At the very beginning, very positive. Okay. She's like, oh, I'm getting this. Like she had this little sitting room and then she had the hospital yeah. bedroom. And at this point, she's walking around. She's fine. Everything's okay. okay. So she's and in good spirits. She's in great spirits. Okay. She's even texting me and my niece sending like, hey, look what I got today. You know, yeah, yeah. just 
you know, in a very positive mood saying, I'm going to get through this. Right. And then, you know, a week, couple days, however, I don't even remember how long it was, but she was in there for a total of two Two weeks weeks. at this point before she got the diagnosis. So the two week span, she, you could tell through her text messages and her FaceTimes and whatnot that she was getting tired Mm. and you're just, you're on the other end helpless yeah, yeah. and you just want to be there. And I begged and I pleaded and I was, I was the person that if anybody was allowed to be let into that hospital, it should have been me. Mm. I was the one willing to risk my life. I was the one risk my life at this point. Lord have mercy. I'm rolling my eyes because <laughs> it just is right. crazy to right. think I would even risk my mother. It just was very frustrating. Well, I'm still, I'm sure it's all still very new. I mean, it's not even two years, right? So that frustration of basically feeling like they ripped Mm. two weeks, you know, if she has a limited time left on this earth and you weren't allowed to be with her for this period of time, it feels like that was stolen, I would imagine. Oh, ripped. Ripped from my fingers, ripped from my heart. Um, so there's still a lot very of anger, mad. a lot of, oh. yeah, yeah, that makes sense. When mom passed, I, I was ready. I hate to say this, but I was ready to burn Emery down because I was mad. Yeah. I was mad that they didn't let me be with my mom. I was zero risk to them. I am, I was willing to give blood, right. a kidney. Right. Like I, <laughs> I begged, I yeah. literally with my life, I yeah. begged to be with her and they wouldn't let me. And it's just so frustrating right. to right. see your mom, you know, get so tired. And I asked her, I said, mom, please tell them that you need an advocate. Mm. Like that's law stuff here. Yeah. I mean, it's over my head, but yeah. it's, I know that you, if you say that you need somebody that you can't make decisions on your own, that you need somebody in with you, I could have, I could have, I believe they would have let me in because I know that she was in a place where she was by herself. There's really no risk to anybody. These nurses are going home to their kids that are in daycare and doing all this crap. I'm at home by myself. Right, right. It was very, very frustrating. So at what point was she actually diagnosed where the doctors was like, okay, we have a problem? So they called us and told us of her diagnosis. My bags were packed and um, I said, we're coming. Mm. And they said, you can only have one person. I said, nope, we're coming. (laughs) And dad and I went and um, I'll never forget that day. Um, And of course the valet knows me because I've been there for days and days just like sitting this, outside. This with the car yes, with like the truck. oh my god, like this poor but I mean you got to think at some point like this poor girl is just right. desperate right. to get in right. to see her mom like sure. it's a help me help you situation. Yeah. Um you know, and so yes, very frustrating. So they finally let us in and we went in. And my mom, um, you know, she was in this room, like I said, where there's like a seating area. And right. then, so it's a very large room. Okay. We walk into the room where there's the seating area part. She didn't even hear us come in. Um, 
and we walk into her room and she like barely even realizes that we're there. And I'm like, mom. And she kind of like opens her eyes and she's just very pale, very weak looking. She's had many blood transfusions at this point. And the blood transfusion itself was a terrifying experience because the doctor said, you know, she's got very specific blood, rare, rare blood. Of course she does. It's a rare disease. She's got rare blood. Mm. Go figure. That the aunt, she had these strange antibodies. That she, we had to find this specific blood for her mm. because if you have a blood transfusion, that's the wrong blood. Detrimental. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so it scared us. Yeah. I woke up in the middle of the night. 3 a.m. And I texted my mom. I don't know why I woke up. I don't know why I texted my mom, but that's what happened. Mm. And I said, I love you. I'm thinking about you because I'm just so heartbroken that I'm not able to be there. Right. And um, she said, I'm about to get a blood transfusion. And I panicked. I said, what? Mm. The doctors have said no blood transfusions. We're not doing that. Well, here we are. I woke up for thankfully a reason because my mom was getting a blood transfusion, scared us absolutely to Dickens. And of course I call my dad, I call my brother. This is not the first or the last 3 a.m. phone call any of us get from each other. Um, and I called the nurses and I, I feel bad to this day, but at the same time I don't. And I said, I said, are you awake? I just want to make sure that you're giving my mom the right blood. <laughs> And they were probably like, this bitch. <laughs> and I'm like, I just want to make sure that you're right. giving the right, right stuff right. because, you know, all the reasons I just said. And right. they're like, uh, yeah, like, lady, let me Not do my job. Radio. And yeah. I'm like, but that's my mom right. you're dealing with. Right. Right. Like, right. oh, my God. And so that was that was one of the, one of the terrifying moments that we had. And. We told my mom on September 11th as a family, my brother even came in and going back to my brother has cystic fibrosis. Yeah. He's a risk. Right. Like you can, he cannot get sick. Right. No. So for him to be in the hospital for just a moment in time is terrifying mm -hmm. for any of us because we don't want him to get sick. Right. So we went in as a family and we told mom that she had stage four T-cell lymphoma. And she was just, you could just see it on her. And she was just like, oh my God, my mom won't let this happen to me. Again, my mom's mom passed yeah. six months earlier. Yeah. So she's thinking her mom in heaven is going to not, not let right, this happen right, to right, her. Right. And I think hopefully my grandmother at least kept her with us for those 68 days. But they were a very short and long 68 yeah, days yeah, yeah. because the doctor thought she wouldn't last a day. Wow. So we gave her this diagnosis. And of course, my mom is like, okay, Andy, go. My brother, mm -hmm. Andy, go. You got to get out of this hospital. You can't be here. Mm -hmm. And I know that's really hard for him because I know that he wanted to be right. there for my mom too. But he has to think of himself and his, you know, his health right. and keeping right. himself healthy. So it's, it's a very, very challenging, challenging situation. And it was very difficult. So she went back to the hospital, like she went 
went home, went back the next day, and mm-hmm. that was the last time she had seen her house, right? No. Okay. So no. She, did they release her at some point? So she so she started chemo immediately. She right. went to the oncology floor okay. and thankfully they let one person stay with her. And I'll remember laying on the bed with my dad and he said, Emily, they're only gonna let one of us stay. What do we do? Mm. And I said, You're her husband. Mm. You stay with her. Am I the healthier one? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Can I take care of her better than you probably can? Yes. However, a husband and a wife, 50 yeah. years of marriage, they're soulmates. Yeah. You yeah. stay with her. Yeah. Absolutely. And I was scared for my dad to be in COVID one and how this is going to affect my dad watching mm. his wife. But at this point, I thought we were going to come out of this. Yeah. I thought she was going to beat this. So her chemo was five days for 24 hours connected to her in a row. I mean, just solid five days. And that is chemicals in your body, five days solid. And it took a toll pretty quick. Um, And so she was in, and then I think if my mind, if my brain serves me correctly, which is not very good these days, um, I think she came out of the hospital three or four times Mm. to be at home. But these times at home, we had 24-hour nurse care. Um, I was there all the time. My brother was there. My sister-in-law, our entire family were there with my dad, of course. But dad's resting because he's exhausted. Um, And so we took care of her at home and you know, at first she was strong and walking around and we're going to fight this and yeah. we're going to do this. And then the second time we got her home, she started losing her hair. And so then she went back into the hospital and they shaved her head, which I was so angry about. I'll never get over it because I wanted to do it with my mom. I wanted her to know that I was there to support her. And thank God she didn't let me. But at the same time, I, didn't, I still, at this point, had no idea. I had no idea how bad this cancer was yeah. until after my mom was gone. I was very naive about it. They did not tell us any information about it. I didn't get the information of my mom was only going to last one night mm. from the doctor until I was alone with her in the ICU when my mom was telling me that she was ready to go. Mm. And... I never got that from from the doctor. My brother never got it from the doctor. But my brother looked looked what T cell lymphoma was. Really, and I did not. Right, right. I didn't want to know. I didn't. I just kept on. Did your grandfather go quickly? Did your mom ever tell you? So he did. They didn't know that she that he passed from T cell lymphoma until he was gone. Oh gosh, that's how fast oh, so he it was. Didn't go through anything really? He just he just died. Oh, because he didn't get any treatment. Right. And right. so he just passed. Oh. Yeah. Horrible, horrible situation. So do you think it's like, I mean, in hindsight, would you would you have wanted to know how bad it was? You know, like- I don't know. Part of me part of me does because I didn't have a lot of the conversations that I wish I did. Mm-hmm. Um, like kind of that end of life, those end of life conversations you mean? Yeah. And, you know, I told her that I loved her, but you know, 
we're unable to be with her fully. We're in masks. Yeah. We're in gloves. Yeah. We're unable to really hug her. We're yeah. unable to really like be true to and give her right. that love right. because we're like being, we have this barrier. Up. Yeah. 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 That makes a lot of sense. Cause for me, like listening to you talk, I feel like at, at some point if somebody was like, this isn't going well, like you need to prepare. I'd be like, then take all this shit off of me and yeah. just let me be around her. Right. Yeah. Because what difference is it going to make? And that's what I wish. Yeah. I wish that we had that. I wish we weren't so fearful of this stupid COVID. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, I met my now husband when my mom got sick mm. and they never got to meet because well, how did that happen though? COVID. <laughs> oh gosh. So um Which is just you know, you look back and you're like, okay, God, like mm. you did this for me and it if your mom hadn't been sick, you may not have met him. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't think our relationship would be where it, where it is if my mom didn't get sick. Yeah. So long story short, my my dad asked me to sign up for a matchmaker back in <laughs> the beginning of August. And I said, oh, Lord, have mercy. We're in the middle of a pandemic. But mind you, I'm 34. Right. Right. I was 34 and single at the time. And I'm like, oh, come on. Like, this is crazy. I love how your dad asked you. That's so Oh, sweet. he's just, you know, he wants me to be married. Yeah. And that's the generation of yeah. our parents. Yeah. They want us to, they Have think happiness is just marriage. And sometimes it's not yeah. for, for some. And, you know, I'm thankful that I found my husband this way. But so we... We both signed up for this matchmaker in August, and um, we were supposed to go out on, it was the end of August, on a Saturday. Mom got ill on a Friday. I think it was the 28th or something like this. And um, This is your now husband. This is my now okay. husband. I know. It's crazy. crazy. So we... Um, we're not supposed to talk to each other. You know, you're not supposed oh. to, it's this, it's this blind date type okay. feel, you know, they only give you a bio yeah. of the person you're yeah. meeting and like, you don't get a um, picture. Or you don't anything. get a picture. You don't get a last name. Um, you get an age. I'm pretty sure a first name and a bio. Okay. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, I have to message this guy. So you get their phone number the day before the date. Okay. So I, I did get his phone number on a Friday. And I was like, I might have to cancel this date. My mom yeah. just went into this ho- into the hospital. I'm unsure if she's coming out tomorrow. Super understanding. We talked for an hour. Mm-hmm. And I waited in my car to talk to him because the second I opened my house door, I have two dogs coming right, at me. And right. so, you know, you're – you change real quick yeah. to be like, oh, hi, little baby, yeah, you know, yeah. whoever, you know. I do the same thing. My neighbors must think I'm so bizarre because I'll finish working in the car so that when I come in the house, I'm like with my dog. Yeah, because, <laughs> you know, then dog, you yeah. like lose lose the conversation. Right. And I really didn't want to lose this conversation with him. So um, we had this great conversation, but he did have a northern accent. And I said, oh, <laughs> hell, I am not about to date a Yankee. <laughs> Hey, now you are in a Yankees home. I'm telling you, but I'm telling you, I am true and true Southern yeah. and just lifted trucks, country mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I grew up on. And that's, that's, that's a really big piece of yeah. me. Yeah. 
And I would have never in a million years would have thought that I would date a Northern man. Yeah, yeah. And um, sure as crap, here I am married to one, oh, and I'm gosh. very grateful for him. But um, so we were supposed to meet, and um, I didn't – I didn't meet him in person. We probably didn't meet for about two weeks, actually, because this was the time that I'd quarantined myself to my home as I'm trying to get into the hospital to see mom to bring the donuts and all those things. So that whole story kind of correlates with the time. So um, when I finally was open to being, quote, out of quarantine, um, I was like, okay, let's meet. I'm only comfortable with meeting outside. So we went for a walk at Piedmont Park uh-huh. and we just hit it off. Yeah. It was, we had a great time together um, and just was wanted to see more of this yeah. guy and who is he and, you know, who's this Robert Mahar and um, over time fell in love with him. So he, we would have dates over at my house only. He would come to my house. He would bring me a negative COVID test <laughs> every time to come into my house. This is the world that we were living mm-hmm. in. We mm-hmm. would have to test any time to see my family. So it was just one of those times in our lives that just happened yeah. to be this way. And so um, he would test to see me and then we kind of just headed off. Yeah. You know? And this is literally at the same time that your mom, had she been diagnosed yet? Um, so we met the weekend mom originally fell ill. Okay. And okay. then the two week Got time so we're that, talking, but you know, don't really know so you just each other. She was and just sick and she's going to be fine. A hundred percent. I thought okay. she was going to be so fine. So you were still in a good headspace. Very right? much okay. so. Okay. Um, you know, but then she did get diagnosed, but even still, you know, looking back, I was losing the love of my life, yeah. my mom, my best friend, and I was gaining mm. the love of my life, my husband. And I and I hate that I felt like I was giving up one to gain another mm. because I want them to be friends. Mm. I want them to, you know, talk. So um kind of to, to go back into where we were trying to get into the hospital. Mom was diagnosed yeah. and we were taking her home. She, she, they weren't very comfortable with him meeting. And, and honestly, neither was I because I'm like, who is this guy right. we just met? Right. You know, a month in, oh, I want you to meet my my parents. Sure. Like in the middle of COVID, right. in the middle of my mom getting this diagnosis yeah. and, and we're fighting. Like it just, it just wasn't the right time. And so towards the end, my dad was really starting to feel it because he would be in the hospital with mom. And every time we'd have to go back and, you know, go through the emergency room, get a COVID test, we would wait outside. Dad and I would wait outside until she got to her room right, right. and then we'd go home. But then it was just the fight every day yeah. of, you know, knowing where she's at and trying to get him back in. You know, once he was allowed in, we were like, he was allowed in one time and he's going to be allowed yeah. in every single time. Yeah. Do not fight me on this. <laughs> so once she got out of the emergency room, we would have to do another fight to get my dad right. in. And it was just, God, it was so hard on all of us. And it was really hard on my dad. And my dad's 80 now. Right. And that's that's hard. And um, 
So towards the end, he got really tired and the doctors were coming to tell us like, hey, you know, he shouldn't be here. Like he's, we're having to like help him and, and do all these things. And I'm like, what the heck? And I said, let me, can I come in? Like, can help me? And, um, but I didn't want to go in and my dad never to be able to go back in either. So we, we finally came to a common ground where I would go in for two days and two nights and he would go in Mm -hmm. for two days and two nights and we would just cycle off. Got it. And, you know, Robert and I were together at this point and, um, he was helping me with the dogs, you know, because it was just two days in, two yeah, days out. Yeah. And it was just, it was a lot. And um, I really wanted mom to meet him. And I regret not putting her on FaceTime with him when mm-hmm. I did have those two days yeah. in with her. And again, I am masked. I am gloved. Right, right, right. Um, and so... It just, and she was sleeping a lot and I'm trying to get her to take her medicine and feed her and help her gain weight and do physical therapy. And it just didn't happen to be the time, but we talked about him and my mom remembers everything Mm -hmm. and she was having a really hard time remembering his name. And so I had to put his initials on her whiteboard and he had once offered me a chicken sandwich Mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh my God. Thank you for like offering to bring us food as I'm in this hospital. And so she would always refer him to the chicken sandwich guy. She's like, is that the guy that would offer to bring you a chicken sandwich? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, and he was the only, he's the only guy I was talking to at this point. And he was my sole focus. And, um, they unfortunately never got to meet the day that we were bringing her home. Um, she was too tired to meet him that day. And my mom's sisters were in town and it was just a lot. You know, this is finally the first time my mom's sisters are seeing her and everything. They only got to see her for a day before she fell ill again. Right. And so we brought her home. She woke up an entirely different person the next morning, repeating the same things Mm -hmm. over and over again. Takes me back to when my dad was sick. So I'm thinking this is an infection of some sort. She actually had a wound on her rear from being in the ICU Mm. um, that she got there because she wasn't turned enough when she was sick. And it's, you know, that's frustrating in itself. And I'm at no control and we're being pushed out. And um, so my mom had this wound on her rear and I was treating it like I'm a nurse. Get out of here. Like I have no, <laughs> no clue. And I'm like, this is, this is crazy. So I'm treating her wound and I'm, I can see it looks infected. Mm. And I'm like, okay, in my brain, this is an infection of this wound. I've seen this type of quote dementia before mm. where mm. like you lose your memory. Yeah. And, um, I've seen it in my grandmother, um, multiple times. And so I'm thinking this is an infection. Mm -hmm. She's going to get out of this. And, um, unfortunately she didn't. And it was just the progression of the cancer, basically the cancer literally just took over her body so fast. It doesn't make any sense. It was so quick. Mm. And, um, we unfortunately had to call an ambulance to come get her because 
Every time she had a fever, we'd have to go back to the emergency right. room, to the COVID piece, right, to right, all right. the madness. And um, we had to take her via ambulance because we couldn't get her. We couldn't lift her into any of our vehicles. Right. And she is just saying the same thing over and over again. And I'll never, ever get it out of my head. And she just kept saying, please, please, Charles, please. Charles is my dad. Mm. And I'm going, what in the heck is happening? She's just begging to just be let go. And I had no idea. Like to, I, to pass me? Yeah. Just because she was so she was, exhausted it, and it in so much pain. Maybe? Took, it took over her body Whoa. and her brain and her memory. She forgot my 35th birthday. Mm. That is not like my mom. Yeah. And I'll never forget it. She just, she forgot everything and she's saying the same thing over and over again. And they thankfully let me be in the ambulance with her. I had to call the ambulance. I went in with her and, um, and then of course I get kicked back out right. I'm trying to like sneakily, right. you know, get into the emergency with her, but they just wouldn't let me. And so was that the last time that she had left your home? That was, that it. was the last time Got she it. left her home. Got it. And then how long from there? To the day that she passed. I mean, you said you were in the NICU. The NICU. I see the you. Right? Yep. Yeah. So she went back through the emergency room. She was so bad. She got admitted to the ICU. Yeah. Our family gets a call and says her liver is failing. Mm. And I'm like, in my brain, get her a new one. <laughs> like, what do you mean her liver is failing? Like, we can we can change these right, things right, right. up. Sure, no problem. Uh, well, you know, obviously I was so naive that I just, I wanted everything to be fixed. I wanted a bone marrow transplant. I wanted, I wanted a new liver. I wanted a new kidney. I wanted all these new things that can be replaced to my understanding in my brain. I'm thinking, okay, then why can't we just take the cancer out of her? But it was just so strong and it just would have come back full force that it would have just been worse yeah, for her to go yeah. through all this stuff. So yeah, she ended up in the ICU. Our entire family saw her. We all had to go up one by one mm. and she was just in her little blanket that our family made. And you're just looking at her like, what in the heck? And how did we get here? Mm. And they're like, you need to come, you need to come now. And I'm like, what? Like to say goodbye. Yup. Yeah. And I'm thinking, no chance, mm. not happening. Well, um, we dad stayed with we we finally got my dad to be in with her the next morning. So she stayed by herself in the ICU that night. Mm. She, we were able to get dad in there in the morning. Dad had his shift. I came yeah. in for mine, yeah. and um. This actually was the same day Robert and I said, I love you to each other. And didn't know that my mom was this sick, but it just so happened to be this was the same day. Yeah. And um, I went into the, to the ICU thinking, okay, let's get her back on, you know, let's get her the fluids. Yeah. Let's get her whatever she needs and let's get her back because she was due for another round of chemo. Mm. I'm thinking, okay, let's get her to this. Right. We'll get the PET right. scan in. We'll get everything in. Let's see where this cancer's at and let's continue fighting this thing. 
That is where my head is at. Mm. I'm not thinking I'm saying goodbye to my mom. So I go in and my cousin actually, who um, is an oncology nurse in um, Colorado, Mm -hmm. she said, Emily, I need you to bring your phone and take videos. And my phone's already dying because it's of course, yeah. you know, my battery's out. It was one of, you know, the old phone. Yeah, I, one more you thing. can never yeah. keep the battery. And it was one more thing. And so I went in and I plugged my phone in and I'm like, hey, mom, you know, how are you doing? And I see like this blood on her arm and she's hooked up to all these monitors. And my dad said she didn't, she wasn't speaking. And I'm like, what? But she's still saying the same, please, please, Charles, please. Mm. I'm like, what is this? This has gone on for too long. Yeah. Now what's happening? And mind you, I hadn't, I didn't think about this at the time, but looking back, she had not eaten or drank anything for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And that's, always at the end right, when they right, stop right, eating right. and they stop yeah. drinking, you know, it's the end, but I didn't think that in right. my brain. I'm thinking she got fluids. She ate at some point, but right. Not thinking. Yeah. So I go in and I don't know what it was, but my mom started talking to me mm. about everything. And I have some of it on video and I can, I can't look back at it now, but I'm hopeful yeah, that I can look back at it one day but she said that she's tired and mm-hmm. she's done. And I'm thinking, God, is she, 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 she's serious. Yeah. And I'm asking the ICU nurse because she sees this every day. I said, should I be listening to her? Should I be listening to what she's saying? And she said, no, this happens all the time. Don't worry about it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, weird. Yeah. What, what should I be thinking about? So then these two doctors from oncology come in and mom is still talking to me, telling me that she's done. Yeah. And I'm going, hello, yeah. like what's happening? Is yeah. this what's right. happening? Should I be calling my dad? Like I'm by myself right. in this room and my mom is telling me that she wants to go into the ground. Yeah. What are you kidding me? And so they said, yeah, you need to listen to her. And I'm going, what is happening? So I get my dad and I get my brother on the phone and I'm saying, you know, the doctors are here. My mom's talking and we're all saying like, you want to keep up this fight? And she's looking at me like, are you kidding me? No. Mm -hmm. But then I keep asking her the questions like, mom, are you done? Are you like, are you done? Do you, do you want to stop treatment? And she's like, no. And I'm like, okay. And looking back, I know I'm confusing the crap out of her. But I'm just trying to get answers from my mom because I want to know what she wants. And it's, it's, it's so hurtful. Yeah. And it's so, you just, I never want anybody to go through this moment with their loved one, their mom of all things in the world and being taken away from them, Mm -hmm. ripped from them, Mm -hmm. from your fingertips, from your heart, like everything. It's, it, it's hard. Mm. So did your brother and your dad come back up at that point? Knowing No. Oh. So only, we only had this conversation on the phone and, um, 
we decided to get her into hospice mm. and bring her home. Got it. And we couldn't bring her home that day because it was already two, three o'clock. I think it was something like that. And we couldn't get hospice. We couldn't get her home. Mm. Like it was just, we'll get her there tomorrow. Right. So I'm like, okay, okay, mom's going to hospice now. Like, what the, what the hell? And she's just talking to me and she's telling me all that, where she wants to be buried, which she has already done when we had had these conversations. When we were in the hospital, when, it, when she was normal and level-headed, I knew yeah. exactly where she wanted to be buried. And I wanted to make sure that that yeah. happened. Yeah. And, you know, my brother and I went to the cemetery and found her plot. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she's just, to my brain, she's gone cuckoo bird because she's talking crazy. Like, I want to go to the ground. I'm like, no, you don't. We're going to keep fighting this thing. Right, right. Fight for me. Fight for your son. Fight for your husband. Fight for us. We need you. We need you. Yeah. And, um, I want you to meet this Robert guy. I just told him I loved him. Mm -hmm. Like, I want you here. And, um, and she told me that she was going to be at my wedding mm. and I asked her to come back as a butterfly. Oh. And so I had butterflies all over oh. our wedding when we did finally get married, which we got married on September 4th of 21, which, um, was two days after her birthday. Yeah. Her first birthday in heaven. Right. <laughs> we, we must be out of our minds. And also my brother's birthday. And my brother mm. and his wife got married on my mom's birthday the same weekend. So September is a special month. September is a very special yeah. month. Yeah. And so, you know, my brother shares his wedding anniversary with mom's birthday. Mm. And now I share my wedding anniversary with my brother's birthday. Mm. So it's full circle. Yeah. Um, yeah. But... Um, yeah. So she passes at the hospital. She never made it to hospice, right? No, she, oh, she did. did. Okay, so that's where I was with my sorry. It's okay. So, um we so I call my dad and cuz she keeps asking for her husband. Mm -hmm. Where's Charles? I need my husband. Where and I'm like he's coming, he's coming. And I'm like, dad, you need to get here now. Yeah. She's asking for you. She's talking. You need to be here. This is your wife. I shouldn't be here. You should yeah, be here. Yeah. So he um, he comes back very mad at me because he's exhausted. Mm. And I will never forget the look in his eyes. And he's just like, you got to be kidding me. I'm mm. back here and I got to spend the night in this dang ICU again. And I said, you have to be here. Yeah. This, I don't know what's happening, but you need to be here. Yeah. And so... Um, He's, she stopped talking and didn't talk to my dad. And I hate that. Oh, I hate that. But they had so many other moments yeah. in the hospital when she was getting the treatments to have conversations that, you know, I'm glad that they could, that they could have that Andy and I didn't get to have right, right. my brother. And, um, you know, it's, it was very hard. So we got her back home. I see you. My mom's sisters are with us mm -hmm. at the house. Mm -hmm. We have her at home hospice. We have a nurse. And, you know, home hospice is saying, I'm like, look, you see this all the time. How much longer do yeah. we have? 
she said, she'll make, she'll make it through the night. You probably have another day or mm. so. She didn't make it till past midnight. Mm. It was like right around midnight that she passed. And my brother was there and my dad was sleeping in the other room because he, he was so mm. tired, poor guy. He was so exhausted that he was sleeping. And they tell you, you know, this is a lot, but they tell you when the breathing changes, mm -hmm. that's when they're going. Mm. And so you kind of have to look for these signs. Right. And, you know, she kept opening her eyes, closing her mm. eyes and talking to her. And um, she changed breathing. Mm. And I said, oh, God, what? what was that it? Right. Was that the breathing change? Like, hello? Yeah. It, like, y'all have been through this. Like, right. is this it? And so I went to, I said, I don't know, I, but I'm, but I'm going to go. And I went to the other room and I woke up my dad very calmly. And I said, I need you to wake up. I don't know if this is it, but yeah. I need you to just wake up. Yeah. And I went to my brother and I said, I don't know, but I need you in here. And, um, I hear my aunt screaming, Emily, mm. because I think the breathing changed again. And right. she was like taking that last breath. And so I start screaming to everybody, get in here. Yeah. And, um, oh, I'll never forget that moment. I screamed bloody murder, mm. bloody murder. And that was it. Mm. And that was it. Very difficult. I don't wish it upon anybody. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. Um, yeah. I just, I mean, I'm looking back like thank god you got to be with her right and it wasn't in the hospital and it wasn't on the hospital terms and yeah she was home you yeah. know but i don't yeah. know if she if she knew she was home we kept saying you know you're at home you're yeah. in your you're in your bedroom you're looking across the river like they built this house on this river because they love the river right, and they love right. looking out and the wildlife and and everything. And so, you know, we kept trying to describe to her right. where she was. Yeah. And, um, you know, and at first we had gloves on again. Yeah. Because in the ICU, I had this stupid gown, plastic gown on. Right. So mask, gloves, and a gown yeah. to be separated from my mother. Yeah. Then I couldn't touch her. I couldn't hug her. I couldn't. And I'm trying to get her comfortable because I know her wound on her rear is just so right, painful. Right, right. And she's just so uncomfortable and she's just lying on it. Mm -hmm. And I know she's uncomfortable and she's just, it was, it was extremely, extremely heartbreaking yeah. to watch. Yeah. But now you're here honoring her. I am trying. Yeah. yeah. You're doing it. You're doing it. It's a process. So what would you tell, we're going to kind of wrap it up here, but yes. <laughs> what would you tell anyone? Um, Cause I'm guessing that's really the first time you've dealt with death like that, right? At that capacity. Uh, my mom. Yeah. So I mean, anyone going through that for the first time or the second time or whatever, and how you said in the beginning, like grief doesn't discriminate, right? It hits you at the weirdest yeah. moments. Yep. And what are just, you know, a thing or two that you do to keep being able to kind of push through and, and make it through to the next thing that you have to deal with? Uh, cry. Yeah. I am not a crier. I have always been the one to hold back any sort of tear. Yeah. Um, 
but to cry and to lean on your loved ones because it's not going to go away. And um, if I can describe this in words of a picture that I saw of grief in a bottle. So think of grief in a jar Mm -hmm. and it's grief as a black ball Mm. and it's one size and it's going into, it starts in a small jar, same size grief, goes into a middle jar, same, Mm. same size grief, goes into a larger jar, same size grief, because grief is always going to stay with you Mm -hmm. for the rest of your life. And It doesn't go away, but your life gets bigger Mm. and your world isn't always so shattered. Right, right. So if you think of it, what some people think about grief that have never gone through grief to this magnitude of losing a parent, that grief in that same small, middle, and large ball, that black that black ball of grief does not shrink Mm. in those that go forward. So the small, middle, and large, it doesn't shrink. The jars get bigger and the grief does not shrink. The jars get bigger and grief stays the same. So your life still needs to go on. Right. And And it's like filling up that bigger jar with other things that exactly that make you happy. Yes. Like you're not going to change the size of the ball at all. You're not going to change the size of the ball, the grief, because it will stay with you forever. And my mom will stay with me forever and her death will stay with me forever. And to deal with that grief, I just think, and especially of a parent, that you have to just take it one day at a time because trying to get through this on a bigger level, you'll, you'll sink. Overwhelming. Oh yeah. It will, it will, it will hurt you. Yeah. And to, I think, deal with it on a bigger level and to try to create your life and make it good again because you feel like your life just shattered. Right, right. That you have to think about, I think about my dad, you know, 50 years of marriage, they're soulmates. Mm -hmm. I was scared to death my dad was going to go with her Mm. because I have always felt that. Yeah. But I know that my dad stayed strong for me Mm -hmm. because he knew that I had met the man of my dreams, Mm. that I'm marrying the man of my dreams, that I've met this this man that is helping me get through life and bring joy to our life to get married, to talk about the future of kids, to hopefully have kids in a family one day. So your dad walked you down the aisle. My dad did walk me down the aisle. It was very hard. Yeah. Oh my God. It's like bittersweet, right? Yeah. But you know, those pictures that I will live with for the rest of my life, my dad's face, uh, it wasn't a happy face. Mm. It was a very sad man that knows that his wife and my mom are not there. Yeah. And so that was, that's hard. That's really hard. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't, of course, our wedding was happy. We're, we're married. We're, we're combining our lives together, but it wasn't the same. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't what I ever pictured for my life. 
I never thought my mom wouldn't be there. I thought my mom would help me be raising kids, which is, hello, why I moved back home. I mean, I moved back and now my husband and I live seven minutes from my dad and my brother and sister-in-law and their family. So now I'm back to where I grew up in Dunwoody, back to the same nail lady, back to everything (laughs) else that you just kind of have to get your bearings again and just really try to grasp hold of what does your future look like and honor that loved one in a way that makes you feel comfortable. So how can we honor your mom if if somebody wants to donate to your, right, LLS campaign uh, campaign and the foundation, I'm assuming all of this is going towards research, treatment for people that can't afford it, all of the things, or is there a specific... No. One specific route for the money. The no, it goes. So LLS, they are very big with um, research, okay. um, advocacy, great, and also um, helping the families yeah. with treatments and getting them to the right place. Mm. Um, they are incredible when it comes to if you're lost. We've even used them. We yeah. called LLS. Um, to make sure we were getting the best of the best sure. T-cell sure. specialists for my mom. we Because you needed somebody that specialized in what she the had because it type. was so, yeah. so yeah. rare. Yeah. So they helped us get to the doctors just to talk to them. We could never get her anywhere else because she was just too weak. Yeah. But um, just to have that outlet of other doctors and other specialists yeah. to see yeah. exactly, you know, what she had. Okay. Um, so LLS really, really helps families in so many ways. And research, their research doesn't help just blood cancer. Mm. Their research studies have helped breast cancer, brain, lung, prostate. Yeah. They've helped find treatments that didn't work for the blood, but they do work for something else. And so, you know, their mission is incredible and I am so here for it. Um, so to help and, and to donate, I guess I would go to my, um, we can link it too. Yeah. Perfect. I'm like, I guess it's like, if you click on my Instagram link, it's, it's direct in there. Perfect. Um, So what's your Instagram handle? Oh gosh. It is Emily L. Mahar. Mahar. M-A-H-A-R. M-A-H-A-R. And don't forget the L in there because Lipman is still very strong. That's right. That's right. Well, we're going to have to bring you back to talk about your design company. Yes. I'd love to. And all the other things. But we wanted to get this episode out there to help with your fundraising efforts and thank you, know, you. In a few months and very exciting thank you so much when lose or draw you're doing the good thing you so. are correct you so, are correct thank you so much for having you're me. welcome thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode the biggest compliment i ever receive is when you like the episode, you share it with your friends and your family or a stranger that is in need of hearing this information and from these beautiful guests. And then also to give us a five-star review wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I would also love to hear from you. So if you would like, you can DM me at six feet above podcast on Instagram or send me an email 
six feet above podcast at gmail.com. So that's six, the number six feet above podcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear your questions, your comments, your feedback, your suggestions, and also any guests that you would love to hear from in the future. Thanks for listening.